together, bringing women's ministries and platforms together for a night of words and worship. We are so excited to welcome Sarah Harmeyer, founder and chief people gatherer at Neighbors Table. As a conference speaker and influencer, Sarah has inspired countless people to break bread and walk life together. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. My story kind of starts out, my identity was really wrapped up in my work. And I don't know if you as a young professional have been there or if you remember being there, but I had a dear friend and a pastor of mine say, Sarah, let's reshape your identity back into Christ. I want to help you with that. And Eric's a pastor in Atlanta and his wife, they invested in me for about three months um, when I was going through this kind of time in my career. Well, towards the end, Eric said, Sarah, I really think God made you a people gatherer. And I said, well, what is that? And he used those words, you're a people gatherer. And I said, or he told me, he goes, Sarah, I will see how you love to connect with people, be in a relationship, and share your faith in just a really real way. He goes, I want you to think about how you might gather people in and outside the church. Well, I had been in Dallas for about a year. Um, I'm single and I have no children. I don't even have a dog to walk. Like, I knew no one around me. There was nothing natural to get me outside of my house. And that's kind of where I started thinking. When I started thinking about how I might gather people, I didn't know what that looked like. So I prayed uh, for months and months, and I kept thinking back to the very best moments of my life. And they're at the table. Um, maybe as you sit there, you think back to the best moments of your life. It could be at a table and it maybe be the most stressful place for you. I'm not sure. But the table is where I love to create experiences for people. Um, I have a funny story. When I was in grad school, all my classes were at night and I had a restaurant out of my house super illegally. <laughs> I literally played restaurant and served lunch three days a week. I would put a mason jar on the table and just say, pay me whatever you want, but I loved playing restaurant. It was called the Red Porch Cafe, and we have yet to be reported, but uh, it was so fun. Our, my university president would entertain guests there, and the carpenter guy from down at the hardware store would come in and eat, and it was a hoot. But that year was the best year of my life, and as I thought about my life, I said there was something about that year that, you know when you're doing the thing that God made you to do, it feels like all boosters are firing, like there's so much joy, and there's almost just this ease of doing something that just comes naturally for you. That's what it was like. So as I thought about it, I said, you know what, maybe a table is how I'm going to gather people. I have a small house in Dallas and kind of a small backyard as well, but I have a little bit more room in the backyard. So I asked my dad if he'd be willing to build me a table. And I had this vision of a long farmhouse style table. He ended up building me an 18 foot table with benches. I had one tree in the yard and we dropped chandeliers over that tree. And in 2012, I started gathering people really intentionally, living into the way that God made me. Um, I set a goal to serve 500 people that year, just one dinner party after another. Now, I was new to Dallas. I didn't even know 500 people. Um, I knew two of my neighbors when I started, Stephanie and Anita, and they still live next door to me. I live in a neighborhood that's called Sohep, and I swear only the people that live in Sohep call it that. 
Island Park, if that helps you. But. <laughs> And I said in the invitation, if you've never stepped outside of your house to meet your neighbors, would you consider coming this night? I know no one, and I'd love to meet you. Um, it went on the Nextdoor website. Many of you are familiar with the cats that are lost and stuff on <laughs> Well, I posted my party on that the event site, and it was a, a potluck. So bring a beverage and a dish to share. And I literally had plastic forks and plates and ice, and everybody else showed up with everything else. Um, but what I learned that night, that people just want to be invited. 91 people showed up that night. I did not know any of them. My heart was on fire. I could not believe, I could be so honest as saying, if you've never stepped outside of your house, would you come? And then people actually came. I've learned over the years as I've continued to gather that people just want to be invited. Um, there's something inside of us that wants to connect. And I'm so excited you're going to hear from Melissa in a little bit about how food can do that. Um, I am not your expert chef, I'll tell you that. I've gathered now 3,500 people, but I've never made like a meal that probably Melissa could probably throw down. Um, one of my favorite meals has been pizza and popsicles. Um, and that was for adults. Um, I gathered some women one night and I said, remember when we were little girls and we'd get around the pizza box and we'd tell stories and we'd laugh? I hope that we'll do that again this night. And I'll tell you, it was some of my friends and their moms and some of my friends' moms are socialites here and you guys know you just can't serve pizza to socialites, but someone dared me to do that. Mid-meal, uh, one of the lovely women said, I feel like I'm in Napa Valley. And I said, well, maybe Napa Alley, because my alley is <laughs> Y'all, we had the best time. And we had salad and pizza, and we had a great time. We went around that night and we talked about what we learned from our mothers. Um, I lost my mom at an early age, so it's something I love to celebrate, and I love hearing how other people can celebrate their moms that are even living. Uh, it was a special night. You know, we've had birthday parties. We've had Tuesday night gatherings. We've had Sunday suppers. Uh, we've had crawfish boils. Um, I've even had backyard concerts, because Madonna said music brings the people together. So <laughs> if she says that, if food's not doing that, music surely can. We've had a blast. Um, there's been some tender moments uh, between a burial and a, a funeral where we serve sandwiches. On Thanksgiving Day that first year, the 500th guest walked down the driveway. And my dad, I can still picture him clapping in slow motion as that guest came down. I had a sash that said 500 and a crown that said 500. She had no clue what had hit her. <laughs> She was a single mom and she had three kids running around and she brought her aunt squash casserole that day. You know what I've learned over time is that people want to be a part of things. That first year I cooked a ton just because I loved creating and I still love to do that.
But what I missed was that people love to participate and love to bring things. You quickly learn who your friends are that are really good at salads or the guys that can pick up the bag of Doritos because really that's all they can execute. Um, but a lot of times I'll create the menu and I'll say, pick up some tortillas for 18 or bring black, black beans for 18. It'll make sense when you get here and we'll have fajita night that night. You know, I've learned a little bit about cooking and a little bit about food through this, but what I've learned most is how impacted I am when I start looking at the people around me. Have you ever been in the grocery store when you've just got a ton of groceries and the person checking you out says, oh, you must be having a party. Well, I typically answer, well, yes, I am. Would you like to come? I've had people that are sacking my groceries come to my table. It's funny when we start to slow down and we really start to look at people as someone God's created. People that I might have something to learn from. I can't tell you the diversity and the beauty that has sat around my table. A lot of times I don't know who's showing up. Um, obviously I didn't even know 500 people when I started, so it became quick, quickly the motto, the more the merrier. So people would invite their friends, their coworkers, someone walking down the street, like they showed up all different ways. But what I would do at the beginning of every gathering, and I've done this since then, is after I introduce and tell everyone uh, each other's names and a quick thing about what I love about them, um, I'll kind of say, this is what I hope we would experience together and actually share my hopes of what would happen at the table. Uh, I've done this from the very beginning and we serve family style at my table. And a lot of times I'll say, I know it's awkward to hold the platter and the tongs at the same time, but let's help each other out. Um, we're all in this together. So if you see water glasses low, like jump up and fill water glasses. Or if you wanna grab another second helping, like offer the person next to you that as well. If you wanna clear <laughs> plates, if you wanna load the dishwasher. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I loaded my dishwasher. Everybody's in at my house. And if you were to come as a guest at my table, you would know that as well. One night I had, um, everyone signs the top of my table. And one night someone wrote, I have a reservation at this table for life. Amy, that's what she wrote on it. And a few months later, my friend Carrie said, uh, I'd like, love to invite Amy back. Could she come? And I said, absolutely. Well, a few days out, she called me and she said, Sarah, Amy's got some really bad news this week. Um, her husband wants a divorce and her best friends are coming in town and her sisters are coming in town. Um, and she said she wouldn't want to be anywhere else but your table. Could they all come tomorrow night? And I said, of course. I know that the table has a special place for people. It has a special place for me. You might be sitting there thinking, gosh, the table has been a distant thing for me. I don't know, our family's running crazy through volleyball and football season right now. Or I remember when I was little, what the table meant to me at my home. Maybe you don't have good memories of the table. You know, in my home, my home had to be perfect before anyone came over. We had the white couch that no one could sit on. <laughs> yeah. I have a white couch now with a slip cover, so <laughs> we're good. It's fun. 
But the table means something to all of us. You know, I think Jesus was a real food guy. He did a lot around food. He did a lot at the table. He even said, do this in remembrance of me at the table. You know, and as I think as we gather, if we can do things in remembrance of Jesus, things are different. I think Jesus would look at people in the eye. I think he'd remember their name just from meeting them walking down the driveway. I think he'd give them a bear hug when they went to leave and head to their car. I'm always thinking about that. You know, I've been inspired by people across this country. Uh, Dad and I are building tables now for other people. Uh, we call it neighbor's table because I feel like the table belongs to everybody else. And we call it a love mission. Um, I just want to love people. I literally told my college advisor when I was trying to pick my major back in college um, that I wish I could major in love because I just want to love people. He was like, that's not in the course catalog. <laughs> but we're invited. Jesus gave us that invitation. Love your neighbor. I have a five foot tall sign along my fence in my yard that spells love, L-O-V-E. A neighbor reached out to me a couple Christmases ago, and his name's Lee, and he said, Sarah, my son and I's plans fell through for Christmas. And I know sometimes your table is a place where people that don't have a place can come. Are you having an orphan Christmas this year? I said, well, now I am when you put that <laughs> We had Christmas at my house that day, uh, two o'clock. We put a post on the next door site, said anyone that needs a place to come for Christmas, my family's having lunch at two. We'd love for you to join us. Just let me know if you're coming. We had nine men show up that day I'd never met, including Lee and his son. Lee brought the smoked turkey. Uh, I think we served Bluebell. It was just classic dinner. Um, we just, we pulled out food and we got together. And if someone was showing up at a stranger's home in their neighborhood that they didn't know on Christmas, heck yeah, they needed a place, didn't they? I was blessed so much from meeting those guys that day. This guy, Russ, at that lunch, looked over at my big, tall letters that spelled love, and he points at him, and I could tell his eyes were watering up with tears. And he goes, that's what it feels like here. It feels like love. You know what? We have the greatest gift in knowing Jesus. We have the greatest gift, the greatest light, the greatest love to share, because he first loved us, right? What a gift to be able to share with people. I'm seeing people all across the country now that have our tables. There's people even in this room that have our tables, and I'm so inspired by that. I was telling Melissa uh, backstage some of those stories. Um, I have an 18-year-old in Atlanta that serves cereal at her table with all her buddies. Isn't that fun? We could do that, right? Um, there's so many stories. Uh, I was telling her about Dane, who's 30, and for his 30th birthday, he wanted his buddies to contribute to a table for him. Um, Dane, when I asked him as we were preparing dinner that night, I said, what do you love to do in your free time? And he said, well, I actually love to pray. I was like, wow, that's not what I was expecting you to say, like golf or hunt or something like that. And he genuinely loves to pray. And he's been walking his neighborhood, just a normal 29, 30-year-old guy, 
and asking people what their names are and if he could pray, he loves to pray. So he says, here, I want a table where I can bring all those people closest to me that I've met a place to eat. Uh, the first thing we did at that table that night was have the Lord's Supper. And he had a loaf of bread and a beautiful chalice with grape juice in it. And he invited everyone to turn to their neighbor and share the body and blood of Christ with them. It was beautiful, the language uh, that each person used. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't exactly how you'd hear a pastor say in our churches. Uh, it was really, really beautiful. There's families that are stepping out, inviting kids, parents, and families from their schools to their tables. Um, there's families that are big and they just needed a bigger table to sit around. And they're loving the people closest to them in their families. Um, I'm constantly inspired. I'll tell you, I think loneliness is kind of an epidemic in our country right now. Um, and I don't say this, Monday morning, I was in a parking lot in a box truck outside Seattle, and I had a scheduled call with the former Surgeon General of the United States, who's writing a book on loneliness. And he had heard by his research team and some other people that are around him, he was curious about what we were doing at the table, how we might be combating that. Do you know how much I talked about the church with him? and how much I think women in the church are gonna help change that. I told her, I'm just doing a small part. I literally am inviting the people closest to me and we're building a tool for other people to do the same. But I told him, I know I do this because it's my faith that fuels me. Um, he didn't quite know what to say. Uh, he's including my story in his book. Um, but he didn't quite know what to say to that. He was so kind, so generous, willing to do a lot for neighbor's table, but he didn't know what to do with that. Sometimes we don't know what to do with the love of Christ. I'll tell you, there is a very secret, wonderful way to do that over the table. And if cooking is your thing, I feel like God can get a lot of glory with putting a plate of food in front of someone. I know you guys are waiting to hear from Melissa and I'm not gonna keep you from that much longer. Um, but what Melissa's written in this book, if you've already read it or if you're just picking it up tonight, Tasting Grace. I think we're gonna get a good taste of more than just grace tonight by hearing what Melissa's learned through her food, uh, through her learning. Um, if you're curious to learn more about Neighbors Table, you can find us online, but uh, I love sharing stories. I'm not even a teacher, but I just love sharing stories, so if you like social media, you can connect with us there. Thank you, Sarah, for those encouraging and inspiring words. Connect with Sarah at NeighborsTable.com. Also, thanks to our evening host for making this fun night possible. Up next, Melissa D. Arabian, New York Times bestselling author and Food Network star. She'll share from her latest book, Tasting Grace.